Welcome to Nairobi Chapel and Bakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. Philemon chapter 1 and verse 1. Uh, if you have your Bibles or your mobile device, mobile app, um, uh, just go to the book of Philemon Philemon. I read from verse 1. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker, also to Apphia and our, our sister and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home, grace and peace to you from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers, because I hear about your love for all his holy people, and your faith in the Lord Jesus. I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. Therefore, although in Christ I could be as bold and order you to do what you ought to do, Yet I prefer to appeal to you on the basis of love. It is as none other than Paul, sorry, than I, Paul, an old man and now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus, that I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, who became my son while I was in chains. Formerly, he was useless to you, but now he has become useful both to you and to me. I'm sending him, who is my very heart, back to you. I would have liked to keep him with me so that he could take your place in helping me while I am in chains for the gospel. But I did not want to do anything without your consent so that any favor you do would not seem forced but would be voluntary. Perhaps the reason he was separated from you for a little while was that you might have him back forever. No longer as a slave, but better than a slave as a dear brother. He is very dear to me, but even dearer to you, both as a fellow man and as a brother in the Lord. Verse 17. So if you consider me a partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he has done you any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will pay it back. Not to mention that you owe me your very self. I do wish, brother, that I may have some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ, confident of your obedience. I write to you, knowing that you will do even more than I ask. And one thing more, prepare a guest room for me because I hope to be restored to you in answer to your prayers. Epaphras my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus sends you greetings. And so do Mark, Aristarchus, or Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my fellow workers. Today we shall look at this same story of Philemon, or Philemon, from now the aggrieved party. Last week we were looking at it from Onesimus' side. Today we're going to look at it from Philemon's side, okay? And, uh, and discover what the test of God's grace is in our life. So as not to make this situation far removed from you, you know, this is a story of Philemon 
far, far, far away in the past and all that. Let's bring it home. Okay? Let's bring it home. Okay? All right. Let me give you a hypothetical situation. Okay? And here's the thing. After church, you guys go home. And when you open the door to your house, you recognize that you have what been? You have been robbed. All right? You guys go to your house and you find you have been robbed. So you report this to the police. A few days later, the person who works for you, the person who works in your house, okay, doesn't come to work. Okay? You've given them off. They don't report to work on Monday. And a few days later, the police find this person. And they have figured out that these people or this person and their accomplice were found with some of your property. Not everything, but some of your property. Okay? I give you, you know, you didn't find, you left some money in the house, it's gone. Microwave, you may end up. Your fridge is gone. Your TV is gone. What else is of sentimental value? All electronics is gone. TV, your your favorite sheets, your children's clothes are gone. I mean, like that, okay? So the police says, here's the evidence. All right? And then tell you, go and think about it. Come back to us tomorrow. Let us know what you do. You've known this person who's worked for you. They have taken care of your children. You have trusted them with your house and with your property when you go to work. So here the cops tell you, it's on you. Are you going to press charges or not? Here's my thing I'm going to ask you. Do you have her arrested and jailed? Do you have? That's option number one. Option number two, ask her to return all your stuff and your money and then let her go. Option number three, offer, offer her back her job. <laughs> number one, you go ahead and tell the police, I'm pressing charges and she'll be arrested and jailed. Number two, ask her to return your stuff and then let her go. Or lastly, offer her job back. Discuss. Please, I'd like to hear, okay? <laughs> With a person near you, just ask what you do. Option number one, have arrested. Number two, get her job. Return the stuff and let her go. Or lastly, offer her her job back. <laughs> All right, let's see by a show of hands. How many of you will have her arrested? All right. <laughs> Two of you. All right, right, right. How many of you? Three. Okay. How many of you will ask her, just return the stuff back and just go, bounce? Okay. All right, a majority of you guys. Okay. How many of you will offer her the job back? <laughs> She took care of your children. Season <laughs> Imeisha. All right. Check this out. Verse 17. Listen to what Paul asks. 
on uh, of, of Philemon. Verse 17. So if you consider me a partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. <laughs> Remember I told you this guy stole for him, yeah? Yes, yes. Okay? If he has done you any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, I'm writing this with my own hand. I will pay it back, not to mention that you owe me your very self. You see, as Paul was writing, he fully appreciated the fact that his friend Philemon is justified to feel how he's feeling. You are robbed, right? Yes. You are justified to feel. I, I think it was you who said it's broken trust. Yes. She said that season is over. You're, 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 you're justified to feel that way. Also, Paul acknowledges the great cost and loss Onesimus may have cost Philemon. Yet Paul asks Philemon to forgive him. And as the people from the coast say, Is it toshe? Is he what? Is it toshe? Paul pulls a you owe me card. You know that you, 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 you owe me. And look in verse 19. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will pay it back. Not to mention that you owe me your very self. What Paul did for Philemon, we don't know. But it probably was big. So Paul was now calling back, now you owe me. So why is it hard for Philemon to forgive? In fact, I dare say, why is it hard that none of you put up your hand for option number three? To give her her job back. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Some of you are saying, I agree with her. Our season is over. <laughs> During the World Cup of 20, which was it, 2014, okay, the one that was in Brazil, I had a bet with a friend of mine called Mwendoa. And I had a bet that Colombia would beat Brazil. If you guys get to know me, I'm a big sports fan, okay? And I like football. Now, Colombia was playing Brazil, and I knew very well that, you know, because the way Brazil was playing, these guys are not going to make it far. In as much as they are playing in their own place, you know, I'm saying these guys are going to lose. So the winner of this bet would buy whoever who wins, okay, a pizza. Brazil won. <laughs> and I got an SMS almost immediately almost immediately from Mwendoa pay up <laughs> I met Mwendoa the following weekend in church and I brushed it off I even dismissed the bet I said ah you are doing this what you are saying this eh? four days later so that was Sunday actually just a few days later Brazil played Germany and Germany beat Brazil 7-1 at home. It was the worst loss Brazil ever had. And that was the hot story. I laughed at Mwendoa. I was like, forgetting that we had a bet. I laughed. At, I really laughed at him. And those of you who know me, okay, when I laugh and it's at your expense, it can be very annoying. Okay? Now, what you need to understand is Mwendoa is a very competitive guy. 
almost each time we meet, we are always trying to do something with him. Okay? We are, we are, we are arguing over something. We are, you know, there's a debate we are having. It's just that. You know, even I said, look, I'm stronger than you. <laughs> you know, I'm faster than you. You know, uh, my shoes are better than. It's just something like that. Mwendoa and I are like that. Okay? And one particular day in the week, because I work with his mother at Nairobi Chapel, I asked the mother, hey, how's Mwendoa? He says, you played my son. What you don't know is that Mwendoa was six years old at that time. <laughs> okay? You played my son. I said, what do you mean I played him? You had a bet with him. So I said, how is he? Are you handled it with him? So that following Sunday, I met him, and I asked him, and he kind of like brushed me aside. Okay? So I asked the mother, so is it he's catching things? No, it's not about you. In fact, after he told you to pay up, he even forgot about it. But I felt convicted. <laughs> I've played this kid, man. So I called the mom later that I said, can we change Tuesday's uh, Tuesday's menu for the she says I, I want to buy him pizza and you know Tuesday is terrific yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so I bought the largest pizza two of them I sent it I made sure I got I delivered it to to him uh, personally him and uh, his older sister and they uh, they devoured it they devoured it they devoured it and uh, I told him I'm sorry. I did not keep my part of the bargain. Would you please forgive me? And he told me, it's okay, Uncle Goy. I'm fine. Thanks for the pizza. I want to ask for you guys, what is it about a kid and their memory when it comes to offenses against them? They forget. They forgive and forget. How is it that when we grow up, we lose the ability to forgive, to put any wrong aside let me suggest to you that Paul was not asking Philemon something that you readers think would be far-fetched I think Paul had Jesus in mind speaking to his disciples in Matthew chapter 5 verse 5 he says blessed are the merciful for they will be shown mercy so that you think that Jesus Christ was not just saying this kierere, okay? On the cross, when he was dying, one of the things he said in Luke 23, Luke captures it and says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And after that, they stripped Jesus naked, ripped his clothes. In fact, they gambled and tossed who's going to take his clothes. Jesus saying, forgive them. And forgiveness, guys, I want to suggest to you, is a learned behavior. This was not any one of us. Somehow, that notion that you should have known better becomes more justifiable the older we grow. Extending forgiveness to others, let's accept, is hard. This someone. I want to suggest to you is not a popular topic and I say preachers who preach this should not expect a pat on the back pastor that was a nice sermon no 
but I'd be I'd be unfaithful to express to you the truth I am seeing from scripture if I don't tell you that we all have an issue when it comes to unforgiveness. We all look for a form of recourse when we have been offended. She must apologize. He must say sorry. He must call me and acknowledge, not me to call. When you are an offended party, the power of play in that relationship is on you. Paul tried showing Philemon this in verse 15. Perhaps the reason he was separated from you for a little while was that you might have him back forever, no longer as a slave, but better so than a dear brother. It is this power we have when we are to forgive that complicates issues. It is control that we have over a situation over an individual group or people and the power to forgive held to itself can be very intoxicating. In South Africa, they learned about this power and how it could tear apart their own nation coming out of apartheid and they came up with the Truth, Justice and Reconciliation Commission led by Archbishop Desmond Tutu. Offenders of both sides of the apartheid struggle would come to that commission and they would confess their wrongs in front of the person or the people they wronged and the people would extend forgiveness to them and the result of this crime was if it was criminal to a certain degree, they were actually asked to be able to do reparations, to make some reparations. But the biggest part of this commission was that you will live with the shame of being known that you were an oppressor or you were an offender. The Rwandans did something similar after the genocide. They call that the Gashasha Courts where the offenders were tried in the local village where the crimes happened. They confessed their crimes. Those that were victims would again speak forgiveness to their offenders. And then collectively the community would prescribe what punishment or retribution would be paid to that person. Because these were peasants the payment mainly was in kind. Some went into jail. Unfortunately, we here in Kenya, even after we have had political violence going on, 10 plus years later, we have not done with that consequence. In fact, I suggest to you, 2022, those who are victims of that violence will still be looking for justice. To forgive, guys, is powerful. Forgiveness is a very powerful and lethal weapon. Millions of dollars have been made because businesses have extended a hand of forgiveness to their competitors. Can I bring it a bit home? Marriages have been restored and children saved from the agony of a broken and dysfunctional family just because someone forgave the others. Communities 
have been united, saving unnecessary contention. This is simply because one community forgave the other. Lives have been saved because somebody has extended grace. If you look around the world, history is replete with stories of wars ceasing because an adversary has forgiven the other contending party. What do you do with the power to forgive? Because it is a powerful, powerful position. Paul was asking Philemon to experience God's grace by extending the grace of God which he has received to one who he knows does not deserve it. And that was Onesimus. This is what grace is about, guys. It is unmerited favor. We do not know what Philemon did after this letter. But we can assume a happy ending. However, this is not true for many of us. Paul is asking you, the reader, to continue this grace story where Onesimus experienced grace and to end the story, Philemon complimenting this gesture by establishing a, a, a grace experience that Onesimus would continue to know this grace that is at work in him. This is where grace is really tested. It is tested in our everyday lives. Let me conclude. Matthew quotes Jesus Christ in Matthew 18. Peter came to Jesus and asked in verse 21, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times, Jesus answered. I tell you, not seven times. Sorry, up to seven times is what... Um, uh, Peter said, let me read that again. Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but seven times, 77. The tradition at that time was that you can forgive somebody seven times. Seven being that number of completion. However, Jesus was saying something different. He was saying 70 to the seventh power. Mathematically, 70 to the seventh power. So on your mobile phone, somebody just take it out, okay? All right? Do 70 times 70 times 70 seven times. What do you get? 70 times 70 times 7. Do that 7 times. So 70 should be there 7 times. Okay? If you do that math, okay, you should be getting a figure of 8 trillion 235 billion 430 million times. That is how many times you should forgive somebody. That is what Jesus was suggesting. So to the wives and husbands here, think about it. Okay, those of you who are married, 8 trillion times, 235 billion times, 430 million times. That is what Jesus was suggesting. His audience was flabbergasted. 
His, uh, you know that emoji where you put your hand on your head like this? That is what is it. Jesus, I forgive this person. Eight trillion, two hundred and thirty-five billion, four hundred and thirty million times. <laughs> to those of you who have been offended, aggrieved, been hurt, this is what we are, we are hearing. What we learn from that text is that grace, I suggest to you, Jesus was saying, is endless. When we have the power to forgive, what Jesus is suggesting to us is use it and use it to forgive. He was suggesting to his audience, make forgiveness a lifestyle. Now, it does not mean that you do not deal with the issue. But he's saying make forgiveness a lifestyle. And we can now appreciate what Luke observed with his account of Jesus on the cross. Jesus made forgiveness his lifestyle. Being himself, when he said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. This was Jesus. Paul was telling Philemon, my present circumstances being in prison may end. And verse 20 in, in Philemon, he says, I do wish, brother, that I may have some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you, knowing that you will do even more than I ask. And one thing more, prepare a guest room for me because I hope to be restored to you in your answer to prayers. <clears throat> Excuse me. As if to say... Forgiving Onesimus is actually for your benefit. And I hope to come and visit you and share in the joy of experiencing grace through forgiveness. Somehow, what was ahead of Philemon in him forgiving Onesimus was greater than what had happened and what was happening to him. I want to suggest to you, blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. There are many laws of nature around us, the laws of gravity, the laws of motion. Then we also do have other laws. You know the laws of gravity, what goes up will come down, things like that. I suggest to you that when Jesus was saying, blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy, is what we would know in law as a quid pro quo. You do something and you get something back in return in equal measure. Forgive and you will be forgiven. It is in the Lord's prayer, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Jesus epitomized this as a lifestyle. What happens when you do not forgive? I want to suggest to you six observations. This is not as I close. You are more stressed than the offended person, the one who has offended you. When one of the offended persons shows up in a room, your disposition changes. There's this pit in your stomach. There's that loud stew. And lower. You are more stressed. 
Yet you have the power to forgive. Number two, it eats you from inside. Anger, disappointment, hurt, rage. All these things in you are very toxic when you hold them inside. They are potent feelings to keep inside. Have you ever had a hot potato in your mouth? <laughs> now imagine now keeping it. That is what unforgiveness is doing to you. It's burning you from the inside. You still want to hold this potato inside. Number three, it keeps you focused on the past. Whatever happened, happened. Guys, don't get me wrong. I'm not excusing what has happened. However, being stuck in the past is like driving forward. For those of you who drive, is like driving forward using the rear view mirror. It will only kill your future. Ay, let me just use that so that you can tweet it. <laughs> I said the same. All right? Being with unforgiveness is like driving forward when looking at the rear view mirror. It will only kill you and your future. Mm -mm. You have to tweet that, guys. <laughs> your history is keeping you from reaching your destiny. Let it go. Tell the person sitting next to you, even if you don't know, just tell them, let it go. Whatever it is, just let it go. My fourth observation is it directs all your energies to yourself. Unforgiveness points all energies to yourself. Somehow the attention is focused on you, your pain, and the memory of your, of your pain. Whereas grace is about the glory of God. Number five, it gives the offender power over you. In other words, you lose the power. The debtor always has power over the creditor. So the person who you are being, yet you have the power, you give the power to that person now. And lastly, it divides and poisons fellowship. It complicates the relationships you have with others and the one who offended you. I want to repeat, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. There is power in forgiving, guys. Who do you need to forgive? I ask you and see Embakasi. Who do you need to forgive? Someone here under the sound of my voice and those streaming online. You need to forgive. You may need to forgive a dead relative. They're not here anymore. But you need to forgive them. You need to forgive a father who was absent, or a mother who you no longer have a relationship with, a spouse that has pained you, you need to forgive. Somehow, somehow, somewhere, you need to forgive. You need to forgive a former employer. You see them on TV, you are like... <laughs> and you left that organization seven years ago. You see, you need to forgive. Let it go. Say, let it go. Somehow, somewhere, I suggest to you, NCM Bakasi, 
you need to forgive use this power you have to forgive Luke chapter 12 verse 48 says from everyone who has been given much much will be demanded and from the one who has been entrusted with much much more will be asked number of years ago i was at church Nairobi Chapel up on Gong Road and i was in the middle of praise and worship standing at the back enjoying the praise and worship welcoming just the spirit into the presence you know that's the way we celebrated today ruby led us very well let's appreciate ruby who's doing great yeah so imagine you're in the middle of that you're lifting your hand and at the corner of my eye i recognize somebody who i knew from my past walking in with their family and i looked and i turned you know those ones double take you and they're turning they're coming in here and a long came out of my mouth and some other words which i cannot say here and guys this is the the church version of it i looked in my head i was saying what are they doing in church how dare they come to church and when they sat down my summon my church experience was over i was like mm. <laughs> you know like you have a bitter taste in your mouth and right when the sermon started i sensed the lord convicting me and saying how dare you first say that this is your church <laughs> two and they also and they also in need of to hear me and of my grace Oh, man. I've never gone to that person and I'm trying to tell, tell you here as your preacher today I'm not yet there. I'm also dealing. But a couple of weeks two months ago I met with a, a mutual acquaintance with that individual and me and they gave me a bigger perspective of the situation. I'd like to suggest to you that I am not where I was <laughs> and I thank God a lot of grace if I meet that person I will shake their hand in fact one of the things I've started trying to do is pray for this person and their family now you can't fake it with God eh <laughs> I am a work in progress but I am learning what it means to be a person who lives with a capacity to forgive because I have experienced forgiveness. May it be that the forgiveness of Jesus Christ yeah. is something that you have ex experienced. And if you have it, that if you do not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, may it be you know that you can find forgiveness of all your sins in Jesus Christ. And this same grace that you have received, that the Holy Spirit gives you the capacity to extend forgiveness, because that is a lifestyle that Christ asks of all of us. May we learn from Philemon and Onesimus about the grace of God. Join us every Sunday from 11 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. at Rubani House on Shriji Road off Airport North Road.